Welcome to the Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning that there may be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we will do our best to let you know that they're coming. This episode, the new Marvel show starring everyone's favorite archer? Yeah, Hawkeye. Pew, pew! Or rather, plink, plink! That's an archer sound. As always, oh, this is a plea to rate and review us on Apple Podcast App, Podchaser, Podbean, Stitchers, CastBox, or wherever you find podcasts. It will help people find us. I'm going to ask you to do it. You're going to ignore me and rinse and repeat. I should probably check that list because, man, there's been a lot happening in the world in two years. Who knows how many of those are even, like, still there. Are still things. Um, Exactly. Anyway, we're (laughs) out there. You listen to us. We know you do, but you don't say anything because we're sad. Um, should we talk about our main topic, Justin? Sure. Everybody's favorite hole of bright light <laughs> of happiness and, you know, draw. Anyway, yeah. This Fanny has feelings about Jeremy Renner, who plays Hawkeye, and he's returning in this Disney Plus series. He has a bow and arrow and, like, no other superpowers. I think he's really good at the punchy kicky. I think. As always, right? That's been his thing yes. since the beginning. Exactly. But it's and always a little he's weird. Like, a good guy? Yeah. Yeah. All right. He's paired with Hallie Seinfeld? It's Steinfeld, isn't it? I thought there was a T in it. Wow. It's like between like Jerry Seinfeld and Halle Berry. Yeah. I, just don't I, think, it's, I think it's Hallie Steinfeld. <laughs> anyway, she's here. I like her. She's in Dickinson. She's good. She's here to set up whatever the hell is happening in the new MCIU for TV and the kids. And I think the kids from WandaVision and like stuff is happening. She's playing Kate Bishop, who's also an amazing archer with no superpowers. And she gets caught up in Hawkeye shenanigans and stuff happens. Also, there's a really cute dog and he has one eye. What'd you think, Justin? That was a very good synopsis. No, it wasn't, <laughs> but I appreciate that. No, it was actually perfect. I wrote it in a way that was way too logical and straightforward, and you captured the true spirit of it, Aww. which is sort of chaotic in segue into my review. In a kind of charming way? Sort of a kind of charming 80s movie way. Um, I don't hate this. I will no, keep I watching this. I don't hate it either. This. Me too. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think we talked about the preview a little while ago and how surprised we were that people weren't talking about the show right. because it just looked so indebted to 80s, goofy, like, sort of young people comedies and die hard. And right. it's kind of a perfect use of the character of Hawkeye. Like, it, it's as much... Because he can kind of just be the grumpy old man. Yeah, you... and I, this is the most I've liked Hawkeye since the MCU started, and part of that is they play really well off each other. Yeah. Um, man, like Haley Steinfeld, you're right, there's a T, I just looked it up, is so good and sharp always and good. funny and, like, I, it, it's actually making me think back a little bit to the old Buffy sort of mm-hmm. seasons where I was like, 
is that her doing this? Like it has the stunt work is so good on yep. it. Um, I'm and she's very winning. I really like her. I've yeah, always, I like her in Dickinson. I I just she's a she's a winning performer. Yeah, I do like her. And slight spoilers: it starts with a very dour callback to the movies. With like, you know, whenever they start with these like. Here's my superhero trauma, and here's what I'm working through. But mostly, you're just like you're a rich kid and the like, whatever, like obscenely rich kid with your yeah. Farmiga as like a crazy weird mother. I don't yeah. know where that's going. Um, but it, yeah, it, I did not like the very beginning of it, and thought I was like, oh god, I'm in for this. This is bad. But sort of the minute. I expected it to be much more dour after that, and that yeah. it didn't do that. I appreciated that it didn't just like wallow in the grief of dead dad. Yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah. yeah, and the minute she hooks up with him, it's like, oh, they have real funny, weird yeah. chemistry together. And that she wasn't just always mad at the mom for something. Like yeah. they have, you know, yes, they bicker some, but they all seem to kind of like each other. I appreciated that because I thought it was going to be this sort of like glamorized dead dad hate living mom type yeah. of thing and they didn't go for that yeah i absolutely love the scene in the audience at the avengers musical when oh. the, when the daughter turns to him and says dad did you turn off your hearing aid we so first of all we have to talk about the avengers musical <laughs> i could do this all day <laughs> i tweeted that that was legitimately the funniest thing that has happened in the entire mcu and i stand by it that made me laugh it was so hard. So good. It and was his so discomfort. Perfect. Yeah. Like, I have been that audience member where it's like, these are my friends. Not, you know, in that right. same type of way where it's like, these are my friends, and I'm going to have to figure out what to say, and I need to keep a neutral face. This is awful. And I wished I'd had a hearing aid to turn off because I could have kept my face way more neutral if I didn't have to hear it. And they picked, um, apparently there were like real musical people behind that ridiculous musical because it was so well done. And so like what you'd expect of like a terrible uh, musical rendition and kind of a great sort of knowing wink at like Captain Rogers and whatever. These are the heroes and everyone's kind of like Hawkeye. He's a nice guy. Sort of whatever. (laughs) And I just loved the I could do this all day. I was it was. It's satire was perfect. Yeah, those I've, are the MCU has been generally funny. That is the, actually the most like loudly I've laughed watching it yeah, the entire time. Really good. Um, I also love his kids. Weirdly. Yeah, the kids are good. I'm kind of like I want his kids to hang yeah. out with uh, with uh, you know Kate Bishop at some yep. point. Yeah, um, I saw a funny meme that was like it showed Jeremy Renner and it said I love all my kids the same, and then it was like also Jer- also Hawkeye, and there was like a huge picture of the daughter and two little pictures of each son. <laughs> I like it, and so just to be clear, I've seen the first three, Fanny's seen the first two. Yeah, I didn't know that a third um, one had dropped, so I'll see that tonight. So I think now it, we'll go into a little more spoilers. I mean, yeah. Um, so if you don't want to know anything about Hawkeye, bail out. Um, yeah. One Funky Arrow, two Funky Arrow, three Funky Arrow. Um, all right, so the second episode, I will say to me... And I, it was funny, I thought this, and then I listened to some other podcasts, and they were like, oh yeah, 100%. And I was like, oh, okay, it wasn't crazy. It really drops off in quality, the second episode. It felt suddenly like... Yeah, like they really got involved in the, it would be funny to make him go to the LARPing. Yes. And they got really caught up in, in figuring that out. And yeah. they wanted to take that side quest. And But it wasn't funny. It wasn't that funny. Yeah. 
he was somewhat amusing in it, and but. To spend a whole episode on the second episode, yeah, of the to six spend a episode whole, series or however many there are eight, a whole like, episode laughing at Larpers, yeah, um, it's just none of it works. We've, we've made that joke, yeah, and they had just met, and you kind of want the momentum to yeah. pick up, yeah. I will say you haven't seen it, so I won't spoil it. Third episode really picks up that character that is introduced at the very end. Um, right. who I had no idea who it was. I only found out through this episode and looked up. Um, is really interesting. Third episode is like, yeah, no, I, I like, did, even the second episode, I yeah. did have those feelings of why are we doing this? Yeah. We've made fun of LARPers a lot of times. Do we really need to do this? And we don't have enough episodes to be doing this. And even that, I just, I'm kind of over that. I'm a real superhero. Let me laugh, you know. And even though he did it nicely, and I'm over that part of fandom and you know you know who probably gives a lot of mcu a lot of their like true money larpers right so maybe don't do that it's uh it's very um it's what we did in the shadows did it yeah, it's well like, but yeah. also it, it is sort of like you're virgins and weirdos right and like it's like kind of, larpers are the new yeah. furries you know yeah. and yeah we don't we don't need to do this right we're we're better than this and it's uh, true it was like this is your Frickin' like bread and butter yeah. right here, like yeah. all Marvel people. So, yeah, this, like, so it yeah. just kind of I it took me out of it for a minute. I still enjoyed the episode. I am still, like I said, if I had realized that the third one had dropped, I would have watched it. Yeah, I'm I'm still on board. I do like it. The dog I is still don't like Jeremy around. So cute. It's so cute. Um, the third episode, I will also say without getting too into spoilers or anything, talks about his hearing aid more and sort of I I found it really interesting. Um. I don't know. I I was sort of intri- I was more intrigued than I thought I was going to be about nice. the things they're kind of raising in this, and I think his hearing aid is because of something that happened in I one mean, of the movies. Well, they remember. ask him. They say, "Why do you have a hearing aid?" And they just show all Some the explosions, explosions he's been okay. around, and he's like, "Has that been mentioned in the MCU before?" I can't. I, I mean, know. I think it maybe has. You are the yeah. you are the I've seen I mean, all they the movies fall guy, out of my not head me. Right away, so. so I haven't seen yeah. the movies, and I've certainly haven't seen the movies with Jeremy Renner in them. Yeah, I assume, and all I know is the script and what it told me, and it was yeah. here's a bunch of explosions that went off right next to my ear. Right. I don't hear so good. I will say this is the best he's been because it's a very good use of him as sort of grumpy, sort of ineffectual, sort of um, underestimated and also like put into a position that he like, kind of doesn't understand why he's there. I did enjoy um, the branding joke, too. Yeah. That was yeah. funny. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like all of these shows, these Marvel shows, I feel like they start off really strong and then they usually fall apart to some degree. Um, so I'm hoping this is, you know, in the WandaVision and not in the, like, um, you know, Winter Soldier. Peanut Butter and the Winter yeah. Snowman. Yeah. Hopefully this will, will stick the landing. I do like that there's this sort of, like, Christmas countdown. That's a nice, right. it sort of makes the containment of the show and the smaller stakes of the show in general yeah. feel a little, like, contextualized He better in a fun get way. his butt home for Christmas, though. Do not let those kids down. Oh, I know she's going to, that's my, jo- my, my prediction they will both make it home for Christmas, and Kate will go with him. Yeah. That's just my prediction. I know nothing. That's just my... Yeah, wait wait for the third episode, too. It's I gonna... don't want to cry. Yeah. Thank you. Now I know I'm going to cry. Excellent. Um, man, that dog is so cute. <laughs> Do you want to tell me what you did there? Um, I also... One more thing about this. Oh, the yes, dog's um, CGI lo- missing like eye. eye? Yeah. There were these pictures with the, that we were talking about earlier this week where they showed the dog, and I was like, the dog does not have a missing eye? No. Like, first of all... 
kudos to the CG like, team. Do you think they like taught it to blink? <laughs> yeah, it's like it but just something about it looked a little weird. I was yeah. like, this looks a little weird, but I'm like, wow, I love that you made like a fake bad dog eye. I just <laughs> like, hope they made it wink. Those are all. <laughs> do you think so? Not having read the comics, is she gonna lose an eye? Is there a theme in in like? Why do you ask me? You're the one with the Marvel Unlimited subscription. I know. You're the one that watches these movies. Which, I liked WandaVision. That's my MCU cred. That's it. By That's the way, it. I am totally, yeah, I'm back in a, like, I need to get rid of all the Duh. Marvel Unlimited <laughs> stuff. That, that, yeah, there's nothing good right now. All right. Saw what you did there. Yeah. I was hanging out in my sister-in-law's cabin in Cleelum over Thanksgiving, and it was very nice, and I loved it, but it was also cold and snowy, and I had nothing to do. And so I watched all eight hours of the Beatles documentary Get oh, Back. Oh, my goodness. Um, all eight hours. So it was kind of funny. I started this thinking, oh, God, poor Dave. Uh, my husband is going to lose his mind. Um, I'm going to watch all of this because I'm sucking happened with not much to do and he i was like do you hate this and he's like no it's actually kind of interesting and fun um i don't know that it's eight hours interesting and fun um it was definitely like the sort of wow sort of the hagiography of the you know sort of old white rock guys like sort of really i love the beatles so much though that there's something so fascinating and the, and the mystique of their breakup and the Paul John dynamic and like the Yoko thing that I was, I couldn't turn away from this. Like I actually, it was eight hours. I paused it to go to the bathroom and I was like, yeah, nothing is going to happen here. They're going to play, you know, the beginning to get back a song that I don't even like, like for the literally like the eighth time in like eight hours there's just like a lot of rehearsal footage um but i will say i think part of what's good and interesting about it is a it does really recontextualize the whole sort of yoko broke up the beatles nonsense it's like john was just that was john's choice as much as yoko's and also they were all fucking miserable they were barely hanging on at that point they all also really loved each other like that's kind of the whole thing is with this documentary is everyone's talked about the making of the let it be album um as being sort of this you know miserable experience and they have so much fun together and they crack each other up george harrison quits for a while but then they talk him and he comes back they're all just being really silly get back a song that i don't totally love and also has in its final version some weird like trans lyrics that are crazy that I've never really thought about um, like uh, Sweet Letter of Martin thought she was a woman but she was just another man like what get back get back like well, I don't know what's happening there um, I never really thought about that before um, but at some point it turned into a parody of the most anti-immigration sort of politician at the time in, in the UK and there was another version that was just sort of like yeah, we're going to take on the voice of this guy being obscenely, like, crazy anti-immigrant and being like, get back, get back. Right. And you see them talking about it, like, oh, this fucker or whatever. <laughs> and apparently the the myth of that story leaked enough that people, like, white supremacists have, like, grabbed onto that song as being, like, the original intent of that song oh, was, geez. like, anti-immigration. Um, but it's so clear that it's not. Right. These are, like, you know, well-meaning, rich, white British weirdos. <laughs> They're so fucking weird. Also, John Lennon strung out in heroin for a good 
portion of this. Um, so also don't play Miyoko because like <laughs> never did. Yeah, um, it's yeah. And Paul McCartney, I think I texted the bossiest bottom in the world. Um, he is so desperate to keep this band together. He's so the like codependent. Like I mean, as a part of me that really I really like, enjoying being a Beatle. Yeah, that I like sort of was like I. I see this. I write it. Somebody who's been in bands. You don't want to be the leader, but you're also just like, I'm desperately trying to keep the, the band together, literally. Um, I, that was fascinating. And it also really made me appreciate his musicianship. He's amazing. He can play every instrument, and he just sits down and is like, boop, 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 and just bang stuff out. Um, that's I've talked almost as long about Gap Back as the documentary was. If you're a Beatles fan, highly recommend it. As I also said to somebody... I now have new appreciation for the Let It Be songs, and I never want to hear them again. <laughs> <laughs> um, tick, tick, boom. Netflix. Jonathan Larson's like pre-rent um, sort of one-person show that, or, that turned into a three-person show. I don't know. I'm probably blowing this in the theater. Kids will come yell at me. But I don't like rent. I don't like Jonathan Larson. Um, well, I'm almost 30. I'm not famous yet. I'm so uh, random. That's what I feel. Is this an age thing where you're just like, shut up about that? Like <laughs> that, uh, that I haven't seen the movie. I don't know much about it. I don't, you know, I, I will probably watch it at some point. I'm not invested one way or the other, but every description I read, that is what I hear. Oh, though I'm on the verge of being 30 and I'm not famous yet. I don't, ah, and I'm like, like I don't, fuck you. I don't ever remember being 30 and being like, what have I done with my life? I think there are people that did, but I'm like, wow, that's not my life at all. Um, also, so Andrew Garfield is in this. Lin-Manuel Miranda directs it. It's very well directed. Andrew Garfield is fantastic giving it his fucking all like he oh, apparently yeah, learned to he's sing great. he's really fun his energy is great there like the music never bothered me and if you're a musical theater person that doesn't mind a little bit of schmaltzy rock you'll probably cream in your jeans about it but like that's like rock theater musicals never my thing but this didn't offend me or whatever right. but what did offend me <laughs> is going to lead me to my next was Robin DeJesus, who we just saw in the Boys in the Band remake, um, plays his gay best friend, who I guess is sort of a real Larson kind of figure in his world, um, who, you know, sort of is like, fuck this theater thing, I'm going to go get a real job in the corporate world. And so there's this sort of friction between them of like, oh, you're a sellout, oh, I'm in the trenches of musical theater. But then, of course... His story of having HIV and having another friend dying of AIDS becomes like Andrew Garfield realizing, or the Jonathan Larson character eventually realizing, I've been there for my friend. Like, my, like, being upset that I'm not famous at 30 has, like, like kept me blind to the real people around me. And it's like, another fucking dying gay person or dying person of color, both in this case, like, teaching the fucking cis white guy how to guy. save everybody and tell the message or to like like be less selfish like are you fucking kidding me mm-hmm. um it it the more i thought about this movie the more i fucking hated it and i nixed that fucking trope and somebody on twitter said um well was it a trope in 1990 and i'm like well if it wasn't a trope it's certainly like like boosted that trope okay it's not 1990 now so we don't need to tell that story again exactly like why i I just feel like the mythology of rent and like white sort of boho life in new york and like i was in new york in the 90s like i like i kind of get it but also like 
there are way more interesting stories to tell than this. Right. I don't want to tell my story of New York in the nineties. Not right. that much interesting happened. You were another fucking like theater obsessed like waiter. Like, right. <laughs> uh, sorry, I feel terrible. Okay. I know you the theater kids have come at me. I nixed that trope, and um, yeah, this this movie bothered me way more than I thought. Um, the Deep House, <laughs> shifting to trash that. Did not bother me, but probably should have. Uh, this is on Epics, which I just realized I probably could have watched for free. It's also on Video On Demand. This is a half kind of not found footage, but there's a lot of like GoPro stuff where this super obnoxious, um, you know, British French couple um, goes into British French couple. Yeah, he's British. Okay. She's French American. Okay, I got gotcha. you. They're right. both like obscenely skinny to the point where I was like. Oh, this is weird. Why are you so skinny? Um, but then they um, go to this lake in uh, France that's like this sort of touristy whatever lake, but there's a story of a hidden kind of village that's been flooded. And so they want to go. They're like adventure, like thrill seekers, and they film everything, and it's mostly sort of spooky ghost oriented or whatever. And so they swim down to this house that is like perfectly preserved. And so they, like, see it, and then they, like, swim over the locked fence and then go into the house and try to figure out how to swim. And they're, like, scuba diving, and they have to swim into the house. I didn't think they were, like, breathing through gills. (laughs) And then they get in the house, and everything is perfectly preserved. And there's, like, my favorite joke of this movie, which was, like, the best visual horror movie joke I've seen all year, is that there's, like, they go into a dining room, and there's, like, candelabras, like, floating, but they're in water, so, like... Of course they're floating, but also, why are they floating above the table? It made me laugh so hard. Um, This movie, the first half of it, was such a genius idea, which is the reason I sought this movie out and watched it. Like, I love haunted house movies, and I love underwater scary movies, but then I was like, 20 minutes into it, I was like, is this a fucking ghost, or is this like some like merman who's been locked in the basement and is like going to kill people and they're sacrificing him? I'm not going to give any spoilers. Well, now I want to know. You're going to have to tell me off mic because I'm not watching this movie. Um, it, the first half of it was fucking terrifying. Dave and I were both like, this is one of the scariest movies we've seen in a long time. We should see in the theaters. Once it reveals its hand, it's a little like, oh, this? Okay. Um, but I like the concept. Kudos to French underwater ghost movies. Um, Kim's <laughs> very specific. Kim's Convenience. Uh, this is a show on Netflix that uh, my dear friend Peter Hale, who was just in town, turned me on to. Um, I tried it before and it had been a little like, meh, it's fine. Kim's Convenience. It's like sort of just like genial, you know, sort of single camera, no laugh track Canadian show about a Korean American family. Um, I watched about five oh, episodes I do think, of it. I remember you talking about yeah. this a little bit. Okay. And now I'm totally fucking hooked. <laughs> it, there are five seasons of this show. It is so sweet. It's so genial. Uh, the guy who plays the father, whose name I'm forgetting, is so funny and great. And apparently he's going to be Uncle Iro in the new TV adaptation of Avatar the Airbender, which I could not be more excited about because he is perfect he's so good <laughs> um and uh simu uh, lu from uh shang chi he plays the sort of like hot like son who's estranged from his father um it is re- and it also talks about like toronto like korean sort of church culture like and i don't know when i lived in new york i mean i obviously don't know a ton about this but i there was definitely a whole part of like 
Korean born again kind of culture in New right. York. Sure. Um, and it sort of touches on that, and you're sort of like, uh, they're in this church. Like, is this church terrible? But they don't seem to be. It seems to be very like sort of liberal and whatever. But it's such a. F- I like this about it that it's like not a judgy. It's sort of like this is who these people are, and they're surviving as immigrants and like doing their best. And um, it's really sweet. It's really funny. There is a sad footnote to it that uh, all pretty much all of the cast has come out in the fifth season. Right. And did you hear about this? Yeah, well, no, said, you talked about it yeah. when you talked about this last time. Yeah. yeah, they basically just were like, we're not going to do the show for another season. And um, the, apparently there were very few uh, Korean writers, mm-hmm. especially Korean women writers on the show. And they felt like a lot of this, uh, the plot lines got a little like stereotypical and right. sort of not really sensitive around these issues. I'm only starting season two. It's hard watching a show when you know that this all happens. Um but I'm going to watch it as long as I enjoy it and have that in the back of my mind. I It's a really pleasant just sort of like watch. It's very funny. It's very sweet. Um, found. This is on Netflix. Um, this is a David Chen recommendation from uh, Slash Film. And uh, this is a documentary about three uh, Chinese-American sort of young women who basically find out through 23andMe that they're like cousins and go to China through sort of a a woman who's who lives in China whose job it is to sort of like track down adoptive I mean, biological parents for adoptive families. And these three girls live in like Phoenix, um, God, where the heck do they have? Oklahoma and somewhere else. I can't remember. Um, but they're super just like in these very white worlds have assimilated fairly well or whatever and it seemed to have basically loving parents, but sort of get on this thing of like, oh, like, let's track down our parents together. Um, so they go back. This woman who is the organizer of this group that helps con- reconnect people is just this amazing woman. She's so just, I don't know. She's, I love, just the movie's worth watching just to watch her and how she approaches this stuff. Uh, without going into spoilers, there are some false leads. And watching it, you think, this is just going to be like, this I know where this is going to go, but it takes some interesting twists, and it becomes much more about like how these three girls connect um, through all this disappointment. As anyone who knows me well, and I talked about this on Three A Day and Uncle Strangers, uh, I adoption shit always gets me hard, and this one was no exception. I bawled my eyes out, um, but it's also weirdly very hopeful and. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that feels like it's a little pat because it sort of ends on this thing of like, you know, this is enough, like that we had this experience. But it's so interesting. One of the things I liked about it was it also treats these false leads as like the parents in China who think they're finding their kids. Mm -hmm. And when those leads don't work out through DNA or whatever, like how are, like it's affected them so much. And so the movie also deals with those stories. Um, it's, and all of this is about the one child policy in China yeah, and about how, how gr- they give up all the girls, all the girls. Boys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, at least they gave them up instead of killing them. So that's, yeah. it's, it's really worth watching. Um, if you're ready to just cry, I'm not um, <laughs> speaking of crying. We're here. Um, I, don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. Not like before. we're here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the second season is out. The Selma episode, which aired a few weeks ago, 
I feel like I did not talk about it, and if I did, I apologize to listeners. Our memory's not good. Hopefully yours is better. Um, this should be an Emmy-worthy ep- Like, it's just, basically, they go to Selma. It's all about basically three black, sort of, you know, three lead kind of people doing the drag show, and just sort of the history of racism in, in Selma and how it connects to queer struggles. Uh, there is a scene where... Uh, Bob the drag queen is talking to women who were on the on the bridge in Selma and and beaten and just like really like leading sort of civil rights activism still and he just breaks down and it is some of the most emotional television I've ever seen um but it also deals with like there's like a rich guy who like is a real estate agent who owns like too many cars and is kind of annoying and weird but you kind of find out like that's his like armor. <laughs> right. Um, and then there's a mother who loses her granddaughter, um, to like gang violence or some kind of violence. And she's her granddaughter and her grandson are queer. And she wants to do the show to just honor her granddaughter. But it becomes about like, what are you doing for yourself? This is a fucking crime machine. And you got to watch this like tonight. Um, I know. Get ready this weekend. <laughs> Um, I will watch it when I'm able to emotionally. Yeah. I, there's a reason I haven't watched this season yeah. a lot of this season. I just I can't go there right now. Bob is like another level. Like yeah. Bob is just great. an amazing seems like an amazing person. I don't yep. I shouldn't just say absolutely. that watching a reality show. No, but no, absolutely. Seems like a really good person. And also this episode is traumatic as it is and intense, has one of the best laugh out loud funny drag performances oh, nice. I've ever seen. I don't want to spoil this because you will laugh your ass off. Nice. Um, one more thing. Uh, Ghostbusters. We were in a uh, previously mentioned cabin. Uh, Dave had, my husband had never seen Ghostbusters. I've been trying to make him watch it forever. He's really never seen he's it? He's never seen oh, it. Wow. I don't know whether he's lying. I don't know. Or just forgets. <laughs> I don't know. But I was like, you need to watch Ghostbusters at some point. Um, he was right. I was wrong. Ghostbusters has not aged well. It is a, not a good movie at all. Hot wow. take. I don't like, know when the last time I saw it was. It is so. so weirdly crazy, like sexist and awful and not very funny. And the effects are bad and it has no pacing and it's well, clunky. Of course the effects are bad. It was 19, like 80. I know, but there are things from that time that are still, like, I can still watch E.T. and love the shit out of it. Like, Ghostbusters. Yeah, kind of one effect. Ghostbusters is legitimately a bad movie. And I'm just now questioning <laughs> everything because I love this movie so much. I think maybe even we talked about Ghostbusters in like the first episode we did. Um when we were talking about like sort of when we met the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that would have that was before we met, but yeah. I think it's eighty four. Yeah. Yeah. It's is not good. It's not a good movie. <laughs> uh I don't recommend going if you're four six seven you doesn't want to watch Ghostbusters who's over the age of Thirty, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do it. All right, I've talked enough. What did you do? Uh, I think we both. Well, I think probably watched more of this than you did. Oh. Um, on Apple TV, the um, Judd Farrell Han vehicle. The Hanness was the thing I was interested yes, in. Yes, uh, which is the Shrink Next Door, which is based on a true crime prod- podcast, which I did listen to, oh, I didn't and know that. which was fascinating. Um, I, what'd you think, Justin? I only made it 20 minutes in. I mean, it wasn't like... 
I think I watched four episodes. Egregiously bad to the point where I was like, I hate this. It's no, it's evil. just uncomfortable. But it was uncomfortable and tonally didn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. And also some of the worst accents I have ever yeah, the accents are bad. Heard Wigs weren't good. In my, yeah. I was like, what? What are you doing? A British accent? Um, <laughs> his accent is which uh, is? <laughs> oh my God, Ant Man, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. That yeah. is. It's. It is like the. Does it get better? It is really the worst accent work yeah, it's I've not ever good. heard. I, I would like to hear the actual man talk because Paul Rudd's not a bad actor. So this choice was made for a reason. In the beginning, I was like, is he but, British? Yeah. And then suddenly you're like, oh, he's like Italian mobster. And then you're like, he's Jewish? Like, yeah, I don't no, know I, what's happening. I mean, I knew what he was doing. I just didn't. I didn't, wasn't I didn't understand what so, he was doing. Yeah, it was. Again, Showalter directed this. Georgia Pritchett writes for it. She writes for Succession. I don't know what went wrong here, but it all went wrong in very odd ways and very uncomfortable ways and especially because it's about financial crime it just continues to just give me stress why are you letting this person do this and then there's the Casey Wilson of it all and we know how I feel about Casey Wilson which is I do not like Casey Wilson so uh, this this is a not for me show I don't know and more confusingly, I don't know who it's supposed to be for. Yeah, that's the thing. Tonally, I was like, I don't know what the show is. I don't get it. Yeah. I'm coming back around to Yellow Jackets because I said that this was probably a piece of trash that I was going to watch every episode of. I'm still going to watch every episode of it. I'm not so convinced it's a piece of trash now. Interesting. Um, I... It seems like it's going to have some kind of supernaturalness to it. The acting is really good. The, it's scary. It's like legitimately creepy. Um, I think this is actually a good show. I mean, you still have the showtime of it all. But I, yeah, I'm really enjoying Yellow Jackets. I like Yellow Jackets. Justin can never watch a moment of Yellow Jackets. <sighs> See, now the supernatural thing, I'm like, damn it, I, I want to watch And it. I said this before <laughs> we started recording. I said, and I quote, no matter what I say <sighs> that makes you feel like you want to watch this show, and I'm going to say something that makes you feel like you want to watch this show, you're not allowed to watch this show. Fair because enough. the minute the violence starts, you're going to cross your arms over your, your chest, and you're going to say, they're reveling in this, and they just are really getting off on this, and this is sadistic. And it's just not for you, so don't watch it because the violent, the, the gore will make you mad. My other favorite thing about Yellow Jackets is that my husband called it honeybees <laughs> the other day, so and it funny. made me laugh really hard. Yellow Jackets um, were also the mascot of the high school that I went to. I do have a nix based on Yellow Jackets, however. When we are in the past, the way that we prove that we are in the past does not have to be that the person listening to a Walkman has yellow foam on their earphones. Why is this, why is this a cliche that has happened? Why is this a thing? Oh, look, it's the yellow-orange on the earphones. It must be the past. Was it like sports Walkman? I think I, I had that. I see pair. it all the time, though. That's like capital T, capital P, the past. <laughs> and you have to have the orange on your headphones. And it really, really I mean, I lose me. mine all the time, so I kind of miss those. Yeah. Drives me insane. Okay. Hulu, season two of The Great Asterix and an Occasionally True Story is back. God damn, this show is good. Uh, I need to as, catch uh, up with that. Tony McNamara, who wrote The Favorite, Nicholas Holt as uh, Peter Third, and Elle Fanning as Catherine the Great. F- jokes per minute are just so fucking good. 
everything about this show. It's beautiful to watch. It's incredibly well acted. It's so funny. It You care about these people. Goddamn, watch the great on Hulu. Would I like it? So good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You, you watched. I started it. Yeah, yeah. You watched a bunch of it. It yeah. is so All right. I'll keep good. going. It is so good. Uh, Succession continues to be good. We're going to have uh, da- uh, Justin's husband Dave on after the finale, and we will talk more Succession. But it is good. Made me, you talking about the Beatles made me think of a scene a couple of weeks back where they have Adrian Brody, and um, he's asking how uh, Kendall and uh, his dad could possibly have a good relation, you know, working relationship while they're suing each other or while they're having this huge fight that the whole season is based on. And Kendall says, well, the Beatles made some of the best music while they were suing each other. <laughs> and, and Adrian Brody says, good band. <laughs> and Kendall says, great band. And Brian Cox goes, good band. Oh my and, god, that's actually the thing that has made me more interested in seeing Succession than anything I've heard from anybody at this point. That was all that's, I could think of the whole time you were hilarious. talking about the that's, Beatles. That's so funny. Yeah. It's Go like ahead. white guys arguing about the Beatles is pretty much, that's Succession. <laughs> right? Yes. It's fine. And yet maybe I feel judged and seen. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Uh, okay, I have the strangest huge warm spot in my heart for Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan was a bit actor. He had a part on the first two seasons of Sons of Anarchy. His He got in a fight with the showrunner for money and in the meantime and while they were settling it they figured out a way to kill the character off in case they didn't settle the, the uh, contract negotiation. They came to an agreement but the showrunner preferred the killing the character off. So here Taylor Sheridan, who had been this bit actor, had this big role, dies. And suddenly is like, okay, what the fuck do I do? So he goes and becomes like big fucking shot caller writer guy. And he wrote Sicario and he wrote for Hell and High Water. And uh, for those who want me dead, he's, you know, got nominated for more, I think two or three Academy Awards. I think he has an Academy Award for Hell or High Water. And for some reason, because I really liked him on Sons of Anarchy and I thought it was cool that he became a writer. I have a huge fucking gaping blind spot for this man. And I do enjoy his films. I like Taylor Highwater. Yeah, I loved Taylor Highwater. I liked Sicario. I liked, uh, I can't think of the other one. I didn't like the one in the snow. That one wasn't really my thing. But um, I don't watch um, Yellowstone, which is, you know, the new sheriff talk show. to your dad about the sheriff <laughs> show. Um, but I thought, okay. There's lots of people in this new Mayor of Kingstown show that's on Paramount. And it's Taylor Sheridan. And it's kind of mobby. I'm going to watch this show. I don't like this show. Terrible. It's, it's, I can take a lot of like reveling in violenceness, even if it makes me uncomfortable. First off, spoiler alert for those of you who are going to watch the first who haven't watched the first episode, I think five or six have dropped. So if you haven't watched the first episode of this, skip forward about 15 or 20 seconds. Here's your marble mouthed warning. Kyle Chandler is listed as a huge, as like right up there with Jeremy Renner. Yeah. He dies in the first episode. (laughs) They fucking kill him. Okay. So you get no more Kyle Chandler. So I'm out at that point anyway, but then it just becomes so fucking gritty. It's like, it makes the wire look like a good time Broadway musical. Okay. It's like, and then the, the third episode, there's a 
character who blows up his house while he's making meth and he has his three-year-old kid in it and so everybody is of course incensed because he killed his three-year-old son and he is brutally murdered by in in a prison way in the and the, it, but it revels in it and it's just yeah. it happens to be no, an thanks. actor yeah. that i've seen in other things he's like a super bit actor but i care about him yeah. in some weird way because he played characters i liked in one episode of some show at some time and he's it's just he's just so pathetic and it's it I don't need to see it wasn't necessary and i was like okay that's it i'm out so i'm out on kingstown i still love you taylor taylor sheraton i think tyler sheraton you think you're better than this um salt uh, real housewives of salt lake city the arrest finally happened on screen the woman who was running a like ponzi scheme uh call up old people and, and get them to give their um retirement to you um on the phone in recurring uh was she one of the housewives yeah and she got arrested she on got screen. arrested on screen they went to well they well first she they they're all supposed to go on the girls trip so they're on the bus and they're talking about their mint milanos and everything and all of a sudden she gets a phone call she goes to another one and she says here disconnect my mic and then she starts telling them all oh my husband's in the hospital i gotta go he has internal bleeding and he takes off and like 10 minutes later the cops show up and they're like where's jen shaw <laughs> and then there's like helicopters and shit and they like go to her house and arrest everybody in her house she's in some deep shit she's looking at like decades of is she mormon for uh no she is not mormon she i believe that she and her husband are her husband is muslim i don't know that she's practicing do you think the show like tipped them off no 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 i think that the the it was just uh it's new york because that's where the the llc was based um no 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 i don't think anybody tipped anybody off i think the show probably said when they came and asked you know what's your shooting schedule i'm sure they gave it to them but oh my god it was brilliant and hilarious. And Jen Shaw is a terrible, terrible person anyway, and you really hated her. So when she got arrested, it kind of made you good. Then nice. um, made you happy. And then Hulu did like a documentary about Jen Shaw. It's dumb. Don't watch it. <laughs> Apple TV. Crossover. Second season of Love Life. We talked about the first season with, with Kendrick. This one has um, William Jackson Harper is the protagonist who Aww. goes through his... Uh, his love life, you know, and the, the idea is you see one person following through his dating life. Um, this is such a good show, oh, and I nice. liked the Kendrick one. William Jackson Harper is just a TV star. Yeah. He's just, you root for him. But it, none of these characters are perfect, which is kind of great. I, it's worth watching. It's on Apple TV. Check it out. I went back to Pennyworth because Freddie Car- uh, uh, Carter from... Um, who plays Kaz Brecker on Shadow and Bone, uh, has did a three-episode arc in this, and so I had written it off in the first, like, you know, 20 minutes when I started to watch it a couple of years back. I'm going to watch... Freddie characters, Carter's character is awful, and it made me sad, but I actually ended up having a little bit more affection for the show overall. I know. Uh, I kind of like the. Show, the it's, it's about. Um, it's it's Alfred Pennyworth's uh, like you know oh, this is the origin Batman? story. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Except it's not Batman at all. I mean, is it still on? Yeah, it's okay. a, it just got renewed for a third season. Wow. And um, but it's is got this, this, like this the CW world. Or? No, it's it's okay. on Epics. Okay. And it's got this kind of. It's certainly not CW. There's like boobies and sex. Um, like you see the boobies, <laughs> um, but it has this kind of like swinging sixties, like kind of more serious Austin Powers, but that kind of okay. you know James Bondy ish. Um, it's very stylish. Anyway, I liked it more this time. 
I will continue watching probably. I watched some of Lisey's story. Is this on... a King thing? Yeah, it's yeah. the King thing with um, Dominic West and Julianne. I'm as boring as Jeremy Renner Moore. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. And da, 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 da. Okay. I can't tell. Is it a show or a movie? It's a show. It's like okay. a, a miniseries. Is it a ghosty thing? I can't tell. Okay. Like, at some point, they switch water in there, like, <laughs> water oh. goes flowing between their mouths, and it's like some sort of... Something. He's a Alien writer. I, I don't know what's happening, okay. and I don't know if I'm going to watch it anymore, but I did watch it. It's sort of well-made, and it has a lot of good actors in it. Curse of Von Dutch. Curse on, you! <laughs> on Hulu. <laughs> this is funny a, name. about the Von Dutch oh, trucker you know hat. I saw the preview of this, and was like, no thank you. Yeah, it's like four episodes of, yeah. like... Dude bro. Yeah, dude bros being dude bros and pulling out their, you know, bona fides of what badasses they were, sort of, and except for the one guy who is a, like, Norwegian guy, I think, you know. I don't know. Anyway, I watched it. And then, pretty much right after I watched uh, Twas the Fight Before Christmas, which is right now called, I think, The Fight Before Christmas on <laughs> Apple TV+. Plus. I don't know why they couldn't keep it Twas the Fight Before Christmas. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, it ruins the joke. Yeah. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. This is a documentary that I thought was going to be this lighthearted romp about a guy that wanted to put up a bunch of, like, Griswold-like lights. And his <laughs> neighbors... very Griswold. Yeah. And his neighbors were like, fuck you, no way. And he does, the the man does want to be Clark Griswold. It it is his hero. But this man is, it was a lawyer, or is a lawyer, and he started it out by just making, like, tons of lights, and then he invited people, and then they would give money to, to... you know, toward a charity or something, but he had like a camel come and he, and he turned it in and he said, I turned it into this ministry. And then when he went looking for a house where he could do it even bigger and planned for this, like through the whole year, he checked his HOAs, CCNRs, CCNRs to make sure like he found all the loopholes and then tormented his neighbors, like took them to court when, and like uh, accused them of, impinging on his Christian rights and and like gleefully like just really enjoyed being mean to them and and, you know and shoving it back in their faces what he could do with with them because he was a lawyer he's such a disingenuous sociopathic trumper with a victim complex it was this is where I feel like a lot of the true crime documentary stuff. It's like this is what we're doing. It now. made me so angry, and By then way, it props turns to out both of us for not watching Tiger King season two, right? Yes, <laughs> One exactly. For a little dignity, it turns <laughs> out that this man, like apparently, um, when I tweeted about it, the 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 writer of the the small town paper that had and I apologize I will tweet back out his name or you can look at our Twitter uh, Twitter thread um, his original articles on this reporting he sent sent to me turns out that he also tried to make Confederate uh, imagery First Amendment protected there in Idaho as well and it, it is pretty clear that he wanted to become like an Idaho state senator oh and he was, thought he was going to ride this new Ugh. Trumpism and this yeah. new and it is 
I mean, I'm not going to say it's not good. It is. It, it is interesting, it and that well. um, it's it's kind of worth watching just to see how these people twist this narrative yeah. and try to make themselves the victim. But it made me legitimately extremely angry. Ugh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, my path. Yeah. No, I mean. Yeah. You don't. You know who these people are. Yeah. You don't have to watch it. Yeah. But it's not that it's poorly made or it's trashy or anything. Right. It's it's actually very well made. Yeah. It's just infuriating right. in the way of the world. Uh, and then I watched The Humans on Showtime, which is uh, Beanie Feldstein and uh, there's so much I don't even know what Richard these Jenner are and uh, Hunky from Minari. Uh, why can't I think of y- Ewan? Yeah. Oh, wow. Stephen Ewan. What a cool cast. And. Um, Amy Schumer, strangely of all people, and a few other big, big people. And it's, I guess, based on a play. Super claustrophobic. I watch it because they say, you know, it's just this one Christmas night in this house that this family, that the the young family, just the young couple, which is Feldstein and and Yuen, um, have moved into. But this family starts to have this... You know, it's like this kind of falling apart, but also maybe there's ghosts. There's in a the... horror thing, right? Yeah, but it's super subtle. Okay, I'm into it's this. Unsettling. It's it's good, but yeah. it is unsettling, and it, and you know, be prepared for it to be slow. Okay, but the that acting like is so good. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I watched Cusp on Showtime, which is about some Tennessee uh, teenagers coming of age it's depressing don't watch it i mean it's good but it's real depressing i don't want to live in tennessee uh watched the dallas cowboy cheerleaders the old DCC. um yeah the old dcc uh <laughs> reality show uh, when i'm cross-stitching sometimes i just watch things for hours this was something i watched for hours i hate myself i did it so you don't have to don't do it uh, on that same justin bullock on that same tip uh on peacock which I subscribe to specifically for this show, I'm not proud, <laughs> is The Real Housewives, The Ultimate Girls Trip, which is where they take the most obnoxious, I mean, famous, well-known all-stars from all of the different franchises and put them together in on, like, one expensive trip for a week, and then they, like, go at it. This is trash. It is, like, Battle Royale Housewives and... I'm enjoying it. Do they do like the challenge road rules? No, they, no, like, no, 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 no. Each other with like no. They, they just fight. they, they just figure out ways okay. that one of them has owed the other one an apology, and then they scream at each oh, other. They should have to fight yeah. to the death. Yeah, well, I agree with you, and you know, but yeah, this is what we get. Um, and then Selling Sunsets fourth season also dropped. This is on Netflix. This is a uh, you get to see really pretty houses, or or not even really pretty houses, just houses that are really fucking expensive, and you think, why on earth? This is what's wrong with this country, but also that's a really cute, cool um, pool. But it's, you know, we should have a guillotine because the person that owns that needs to not own it. And then realtors being mean to each other and somebody that was married to the guy from This Is Us. And now she's not. But apparently she's fucking one of the, the twin midgets that owns the company now. Is and that's midget? the big okay. reveal. I'm sorry. He's not <laughs> actually a midget. And, and I'm a terrible person. And I'm sorry. But he's a terrible person. And there's two of them and they're twins. And they're, and they're like, short. they're, I think they're, they're right on the edge. They're like 5'2". And they're real, real rich, so they don't care what I call them. And you can go back and cut it out if you want to. But now she's screwing that guy because he has more money than the guy from This Is Us. 
and that's the big reveal. You uh, you really took some reality TV bullets, uh, as in things I would not have watched, so you didn't really take any bullets. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, you have thoughts about all these things? Uh, crazy reality shows, uh, theater kids, um, ghosts uh, haunting Beanie Feldstein, ghosts haunting underwater houses. Um, uh, the Beatles, come on. Wigs. Old, old white guys, talk to us about the Beatles. Wigs and accents. Ghostbusters. I said it's bad. What do you think? Tell us. <laughs> um, you can reach us at motionnicks at gmail.com. Uh, I am at Justin Nordic on Twitter. You can also talk to us at the Knicks Podcast on Twitter. Where can they talk to you, Fanny? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Fanny V. Darling. Huzzah! Huzzah! That's it. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>